Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Gender Matters. The Gender Matters podcasts are a new aspect of our annual Leadership Forum and Awards celebration presented by AT&T. Texas Women's Foundation focuses on advancing women's economic security and women's leadership, and that's toward our mission of empowering Texas women and girls to build more inclusive, equitable communities for all Texans. And we could not do this work without the strong, supportive partnerships that we enjoy like that with AT&T. Let's hear from them. AT&T is pleased to team with Texas Women's Foundation as we pursue meaningful social and economic change for women, girls, and families in Texas. AT&T is aiming to level the playing field for economic and educational opportunities for everyone by expanding mobile and broadband access to the internet. This Gender Matters podcast series is sponsored by Kimberly Clark Corporation, and every episode features the remarkable accomplishments of our 2021 recipients of the MARA Women Helping Women Awards and our Young Leader Awards. And during these podcasts, we'll hear from each recipient about their leadership journey and how their work is transforming the lives of other women and girls. We'll also talk a little bit about how women can come together to support one another and how we can advance women's leadership at every level. We're very grateful for the support of Kimberly Clark Corporation, and I want to say they are a true global leader in advancing opportunities for women, not only in their own company, but they also produce exceptional products for women and girls. We're particularly appreciative of the participation of Kimberly Clark Women Executives in this podcast series. And today we are super lucky to have with us Michelle Bollinger. Now, Michelle is a highly regarded senior leader in the consumer products industry overall with an outstanding career. She's currently the Senior Director of Commercial Transformation and Marketing Operations, that is a mouthful, where she leads the effort to ensure the enterprise commercial transformation initiatives and work streams are robust and prioritized to deliver against a long-term growth agenda. She's also the Chief of Staff for the Chief Growth Officer, optimizing the operational model and their organizational frameworks driving towards sustainable growth. Now, Michelle is just a terrific, terrific person, not only professionally, but personally, and I'm thrilled to have her with us today. Welcome. Thank you, Roz. Kimberly Clark values the partnership that we've built with the Texas Women's Foundation So it's truly an honor to be here with you today. At Kimberly Clark, our vision is to lead the world in essentials for a better life. And as an organization, our values are centered around being authentic, innovative, accountable, and caring, respecting and valuing each other and caring for the communities where we live and work, helping women, girls, and families live a better life. And so our commitment is very much aligned with the focus, mission, and vision of the Texas Women's Foundation to empower strong women and build a better world. So we know that together investing in and empowering women and girls uplifts us all. So this is a perfect partnership. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. It means so much to us. And now 
for the thing we've waited for, and that is the introduction of our featured guest on today's episode, and that's Trisha Cunningham. Now, Trisha is literally the epitome of a servant leader, and I know this because I've known her for many, many years, and she is a fierce champion of eliminating hunger in North Texas. Her title is President and CEO of North Texas Food Bank, a $200 million nonprofit operation focused on eradicating hunger in a 13-county service area. Now, what's daunting is that the North Texas Food Bank estimates almost 900,000 people in this service area do not know where they'll find their next healthy meal. So through direct and partner programs, Tricia and the NTFB team, which is about 180 employees and thousands of volunteers, last year during their current fiscal year, I should say, they provided access to 97 million meals to those in need in this area. Now, before this, Tricia had a 30-year career at Texas Instruments, where she was in global marketing, communications, branding, and public affairs, and most recently served as Chief Citizenship Officer. Tricia is a recipient of Amara Women Helping Women Award, and it is well-deserved, my friend. Welcome, Tricia. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Roz. It's great to be here. So talk a little bit to begin with about the challenges that women face in an environment like Texas Instruments, a technology corporation, where there's clearly a lack of gender representation. Yeah, it really is sad that, you know, in the engineering world, only one in five graduates today are female. And so it is a a challenging situation to be able to have that. But, you know, I think the great thing about TI is that they really knew that and they really tried to do everything they could to attract the best talent that they could into the into the company. But in order to be able to overcome some of those challenges, you have to have a seat at the table and you have to be able to, to give an opportunity to, to show what you can do. And because of TI's focus on diversity and inclusion, they, they really took in very specific measures to make sure that women were represented, not only just women, but diversity of all kinds were represented. If they thought it was a competitive advantage and we're, it was a global company, they served in many different countries around the world and they knew in order to be the best that they needed to make sure that they focused on diversity. So I was lucky during my 30 years to really see that strategy evolve over time. And it was a great place to work. It was a great place for women to have their voice heard. They personally invested in me through leadership development. And I was involved with the International Women's Forum uh, Fellows Program. I was in, uh, involved with Leadership Women, the Leadership Texas and Leadership International programs. And they knew that sometimes women needed access to those kind of programs in order to be able to thrive in a male-dominated environment. And I know that the Texas Women's Foundation also has leadership development programs as well. And so it's really important to make sure that you do that. But, you know, I think most recently I heard St. Marshall speak a couple of years ago at the Dallas Regional Chamber annual meeting. And I remember her saying that diversity is having an invitation to the dance, if you really focus on that. But inclusion is being asked to dance. And so we need more women being asked to dance. And more women like Scent who'll get up and dance when she's talking. <laughs> that is great. Trisha, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to meet you. 
Um, and you've had such an amazing career in the technology space. So I'd like to ask you, what prompted you to transition your career from leading a corporation's social impact to actually leading efforts eradicating hunger in North Texas? Well, I think you just said it, right? I got exposed through uh, TI's corporate citizenship to a lot of the issues global around the world to be able to understand that there are things that we can do as leaders to be able to impact this. And so I had been on the TI side and believe me, it was a great thing to be able to understand this and to really help develop our global strategy around the corporate citizenship. And even before that, I had served on nonprofit boards. Roz and I have served on some boards together but after 30 years of being on that side, I before I hung up my briefcase, I really wanted to graduate. And I did call it graduate because I had full intent to do something like this that would have a significant impact on our community overall. And because it didn't matter where I traveled in the world, I can tell you that hunger and having access to food, whether you're in China or India or the United States of America, that's the great equalizer because if they don't have access to food, they're not going to be able to thrive. You can't learn if you don't have access to nutritious food in your stomach because you're worried about the rumbly in your tummy and not really focusing on what the teacher says. And I mean, teachers have said that kids get hangry. They really do get hangry if they don't have access to food and they can't concentrate. You know, we have senior citizens also that are trying to struggle whether they're gonna buy their medicine that they need or whether they're gonna put food on their table. And that was the, the case no matter. And so whenever I, I graduated from TI, I had no idea I was going to be coming to the North Texas Food Bank. But that is the most basic of needs. And in order for other nonprofits to be able to do their work and to be able to lift the boats in our community, people need access to food. So I couldn't think of any other opportunity that would be better to have an impact on our community. So that's how I ended up at the North Texas Food Bank is is being able to, to leverage those skills that I learned through my corporate experience and then being able to apply them now at the North Texas Food Bank. Very good. I couldn't agree more with your words. So let me take it a step further and ask you this question. What about the mission of your work now speaks to your values? Well, Michelle, I, I grew up in a very small town in Western Kentucky and I am a first generation high school and college graduate. And it's not because my parents didn't want education, they didn't have the opportunity to get the education, but they wanted that for me and my brother. And so they invested and they made sure that we had the opportunity to get an education. We were typical middle-class America. We were, you know, my dad worked hard. He worked at a tire manufacturing facility in the maintenance department came home in the afternoons at 4.30, dinner was on the table. and But then in the summertime, we had a garden. We had a garden back behind our house. We were able, I worked in the garden. I picked cucumbers, corn, okra, tomatoes, you name it. And I tell you, there's nothing better than a homegrown tomato. But, uh, you know, we, we did that. We had to make our dollar stretch. And that's one of the ways that we did that was by being able to grow our own food. And we had access to healthy food. I've never gone hungry. I mean, that's the one thing that I can say is that I haven't because my family didn't believe in overextending ourselves. If you didn't have the money to buy it, then you didn't need it. And that's sort of the, that helped shape me. I think over time, 
was just that perseverance and knowing. And my dad had gone out of work for over a year at a time at some time. He was part of a union. You know, that was the thing in the manufacturing environment. And he would have to get other jobs to be able to do that. But I saw them work hard and I saw them to be able to have access to food. And I know here in our community that some of our neighbors don't have the opportunity to have a garden. They're not that they're not hardworking. Many of the people that we serve with the North Texas Food Bank sometimes work two jobs and they're still not able to make ends meet. And even before the pandemic, the majority of who we were serving was the working poor. So I can relate with this fact that they are hardworking, but it's still so difficult for them to make to make ends meet. And even globally, you know, there's so many children that have to go to work. They don't get their education because their families can't make ends meet. I can remember going and visiting some schools in India and they said by the time a child in poverty reaches the fifth grade, they don't get the opportunity to go beyond that because they're old enough to go out and be able to work to be able to bring in money. So that's really heartbreaking for me. And if we're able to do something at the North Texas Food Bank to make sure that children can continue to thrive and get the education that they need so that they can move beyond whatever circumstance they're in, that's really important to me overall. You know, our mission, whenever I first came to the North Texas Food Bank, I wanted to make sure that we really honed in on our on our mission, vision, and values for the organization. And we want to have a hunger-free, healthy North Texas, because again, I believe that's what will help lift up the boats. But we have three core values that we settled on. And this is something that we try to drive all of our actions with at the North Texas Food Bank. And it's about integrity, collaboration, and compassion. And it's no surprise that those are also three of my core values as well that I certainly hope to try to live as as much as I can. Well, that's a perfect lead-in to what I wanted to ask you about. So thank you, Tricia. It's it's the area of collaboration. And I guess from my experience of knowing you, um, I've witnessed you build collaborations at the corporate level. um, And now you've carried that same sentiment and that same philosophy into your work at, at North Texas Food Bank. And so what can you share about what you've learned about how creating collaborative models strengthens impact, strengthens sustainability? Tell us those stories. Yeah, so any one organization or any one initiative is not going to solve a problem. We do need to work together to be able to do that. Or our core competency at the North Texas Food Bank is providing access to nutritious food. But we know that having access to nutritious food is going to help someone with a health issue be better, or it's going to help someone that may not ha- may need to focus on their education be better and to be able to, to excel academically. But it's only through those collaborations. We don't provide the education programs, we're not delivering that, but we provide access to nutritious food. The other thing I would say that's very relevant, I think, for, for women in our community is that so many of these families that we serve are headed by women and they're trying to hold down a job and they're trying to make sure that their children get the education that they need and all the things that are provided for. And we know during the pandemic that women were disproportionately impacted economically because children had to stay home and learn. Well, they can't leave their children at home alone. Childcare centers had closed down. And so we see saw even greater needs with female populations and really saw organizations trying to come together to try to meet those needs. And that's what I think is the beauty of our North Texas community 
is when we have people that come together and they're willing to work together and if they really keep that mission at the center of what they do and it's not about just you and your organization it's about really helping to solve the problem in our community that's when the magic happens and that's whenever you can really see the outcomes that we want to see you know we want we see that hunger is a symptom of poverty and you know poverty is usually caused by lack of education you have some kind of financial issue or crisis that that may happen or you may have some kind of a health issue so if we can partner together with those organizations and that's actually something we're trying to accelerate now that we are delivering more meals in their community how can we work with those organizations to try to help them accelerate their outcomes as well because that will make our community stronger as well last summer after months of COVID-19 lockdowns, families across the country were steadying themselves for camp cancellations. It was a particularly tough time for low-income families and students of color who lack equal access to resources and experience higher levels of learning loss. The T.D. Jakes Foundation, a Dallas-based nonprofit that focuses on STEAM education, workforce readiness, and community building, made sure students could continue learning, hosting a free, first-of-its-kind, all-virtual learning experience that served more than 5,000 students from across the country and around the world. T.D. Jakes Foundation is excited to host their second all-virtual STEAM Academy this summer, because they believe you can't be what you don't see. I step over old ideas and create my own path. I choose to leave the old cycle that made women hide their bodies, their emotions, their periods behind. I am shaping my future with imagination and without fear. I am filled with possibilities every day of the month. I am a new cycle. Kotex, period or not, she can. One of the things that I, I want you to talk a little bit about was there was a remarkable moment during the pandemic. Well, there were several remarkable moments during the pandemic for the North Texas Food Bank when you were truly in the gap between what could have been and what was. And, um, you made such a tremendous difference. So there were two moments I think about, and one of them was seeing you standing in that long queue of cars at Fair Park uh, as people were driving in to get food. And, and talk a little bit about that, Tricia, of, of how many y'all anticipated coming and how many came and, and, and just the, the sheer volume of volunteers and others needed in order to meet that moment. Well, Roz, as you were just talking about that, I, I literally got goosebumps again because it's something like you would have never thought we would have seen in our North Texas community. About 40% of the people that we've been serving during the pandemic have never needed food assistance before. And so these, you see very nice cars going through these lines, but these are, what we found is that our community is very fragile. And they, they cannot withstand, in most families, a crisis of more than $400 before they have to seek additional assistance. These are families that are able to make it, but then all of a sudden, overnight, things were shut down, businesses closed, 
our families were furloughed, uh, you know, without knowing where they were going to be able to go for assistance. So they tried to make the resources that they had stretch as long as they could. And we saw so many dedicated volunteers. Our largest distribution was in November at Fair Park. And if you would have told me a year ago that we would be feeding 25,000 people in one day, I, I would have said, you're crazy because there's absolutely no way that there's that many people that need food assistance. But we did, and um, it was phenomenal. We had some wonderful partners that helped us. We worked through the faith-based community to try to also get food out that day to the people that needed it. We had amazing volunteers. We had six lines of cars that were coming through at one time. Um, and it was really very surreal to know that we were standing in that gap. And we sort of call it, we're providing hope. We are nourishing hope here in North Texas by providing access to food. And that's what we're here for. I mean, we are the community's food bank and to be able to serve in that manner, thanks to the support of so many people in our community was a truly remarkable experience that I will never forget. It was, it was extraordinary and such a, oh, what a gift to this community. Now I'm gonna go off in another direction and talk about men and women. And so one of the things we talk about a lot in discussing women's leadership is the role of men in helping to sponsor and, and, and support women on their leadership journey. Now, I know, as you said earlier, TI has had a remarkable um, reputation for uh, truly embracing diversity and inclusion and truly advancing women um, and, and people of color deliberately, intentionally, and very, very well. But speak a little bit about male allies that you yourself have had personally or in your career and the role that they've played in your leadership journey. I think that's such an important question and women need to understand it and embrace it. You know, it started for me with my dad. My dad uh, was my greatest cheerleader and supporter. And honestly, growing up, I felt like I could do anything because he was there. He was supportive. He may not have been able to help me with my homework and things, but he would always tell me, do your best, do your best. You can do anything if you can do your best. And so I've taken that with me my entire life because like I said, he's been my greatest cheerleader. And I think now knowing that his influence is helping to help so many people, he was a giving and caring person. He's passed away nine years ago now, but uh, I think he would be really proud of, of the work that we're able to do just because of his influence. And then in high school, I had a, a teacher in high school that was really pivotal. Uh, he was our speech coach. And I was on the speech team in high school, and it was just such a wonderful experience to have that. And again, it was that encouragement and just that positive energy behind you to know that you can do anything. And he equipped us to be able to think think big. You know, I came from a rural community, and to be able to think big and have someone in high school to be able to encourage you to do that. And then in the workplace, as you said, you know, in the engineering field, you don't really think about women sort of being there in the engineering field, but TI did a really good job of setting the right environment. So men there really tried to make sure women were pulled up and that we had opportunities at the table. And some of my best friends still to this day are some of my male colleagues at TI, and they're continuing to model that kind of behavior, whether they're still at TI or in other organizations. 
across the community. And then I also saw it whenever I, some of the philanthropic work that we did. Whenever I joined the board, the Girl Scouts, one of the things that I chaired was the board development committee. And I felt like it was so important for us to increase the number of males. It didn't have to be a fully male board, but I sort of felt like we needed to have some strong, influential male voices on that board because there's no one better to speak up for women than a male because they're going to have a different network than females do. And you've got to have those men that are willing to speak up and they're willing to use their influence and their networks to also help us to to tear down any inequalities that we have from a gender standpoint. And so those are the kinds of things that I've, that I've seen. We need more men to be able to stand up for women and to, to do that. I mean, women can do what we need to do. We've got to be able to, to take on ownership ourselves, but we need more men to stand up as well. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I agree. Trisha, you said that your dad's words were to think big, and I can see that you've carried that with you throughout your career. So can you tell us about your code or your keys to success? You know, I've had an opportunity to think about this and to also share this with other women as well. And uh, it's funny that, you know, you said the words think big, because really what I talk about is being bold. You have to be bold. And what does that really mean for, for leadership and for women overall? First, the B is you have to believe in yourself and believe in others. So you can't take everything on yourself, but you do have to believe in your abilities. And I think that's one thing that we've seen with so many women is they do not have a strong enough belief in their own abilities that they will go and they'll sort of take that risk to be able to do something bigger. And so you have to be able to do that, but you also have to believe in others because I've also seen women try to do it all themselves and they can't. They're not going to be successful if they try to do it all themselves. And so they have to make sure that they have the right colleagues and the right people that they hire and that they work collaboratively with them as well overall. So that's the B is believe. O is being open to new opportunities. So many times I've seen women sort of dismiss opportunities because they're just happy in their little area. Well, I'm not sure if I'll be successful. There's that fear of failure a little bit. But I had someone very wise tell me at one time, if someone offers you a new opportunity, that's because they believe in you. And you better think twice before you turn it down, because you might not get that opportunity again. So you have to be open to those new opportunities and evaluate them and really think about is that something that I could that I could do and I could be successful in. And then the third one is to lead and to learn. So you're, you need to take leadership opportunities. You need to be able to get your seat at the table and have your voice heard at the table, but also be willing to learn. You can learn from other people. You can learn from other leaders and really sort of building your network to lead and learn is extremely important. And then the D in bold is to differentiate. You, everyone uniquely has something different that they're going to be able to offer. What is that? Find out what that is and then make sure that you continue to excel at it. One of the things that I think many organizations are doing now is really trying to help their employees understand what their strengths are 
and really focus on those strengths and help them to be able to build upon those strengths and then find others that may have other strengths in the organization and understand how you work together. I think women have to do that. We have to understand what our unique strengths are and what do we bring to the table that's different than other people because that's really what's going to help you to be able to move forward. And those are things that whenever I look back that I've had people behind me beneath my wings that have enabled me to be able to be bold and to be able to do these kind of things. So you also have to make sure that you have that network that continues to spur you on as well. Outstanding. I've, I've written that down. Think big and be bold. <laughs> and so for, for women and girls listening, what advice do you have for other women who want to make a change in the world for girls and for women? I think it boils down to two words, get involved. You can't sit on the sidelines and expect something to change because you may need to be the person that is the catalyst for that change. Everyone has wonderful ideas and having those different perspectives by getting involved is really important. And I know getting involved doesn't look the same for everyone. Uh, Back whenever I was at, at TI and younger in my career, I got involved by being a leader in my church youth group with other girls, with being a Girl Scout leader and being involved with girls that way and having that opportunity. Whenever I went through some of my leadership development programs, actually one of my mentors told me, you're too insular to TI. You will be a better employee and a better person if you broaden your perspective and really get more involved externally in the community. So that's when I broadened my scope in the very first nonprofit board I sat on was Girls Inc. And Roz and I were both on that board together. And that really broadened my perspective. And I loved it because I sat in a room with other people that were really focused on a singular mission to be able to help those girls be strong, smart, and bold and to help them to be able to succeed. And so I drank a little bit of the Kool-Aid and I was hooked. And so I continued my work on nonprofit boards and leadership there as well. And then, you know, finally, then now leading a nonprofit and being able to make that change in the community too. You know, not everyone's going to lead a nonprofit. And if you don't have the time to be able to sit on nonprofit boards, or maybe you're you're more equipped to being working directly with the the clients of that organization, you can volunteer with those organizations as well too. So there's a myriad of ways for people to get involved. And I would be remiss in not stating the obvious, but another way is to to give with your funds. And if you don't have a specific passion that you specifically are trying to focus on, then entrust your dollars with an organization like Texas Women's Foundation, because that's where the collaborative impact is going to happen um, overall. Oh, thank you. Well, and I wanted really to, to to have you speak a little bit about what you perceive to be the impact of Texas Women's Foundation. Uh, I don't mean it as a self-serving question, but just your perspective in community and your perspective from a corporate side. What, what impact do you think the foundation has had or can have? You know, I, I think if you were able to rewind 20 years and what if the what if the Texas Women's Foundation wasn't there? Where would we be today? Would we understand about sex trafficking issues? Would we understand about the impact of women not having access to affordable childcare? Would we understand some of these barriers that are impacting women every day in our community? 
And I think the answer would be no, because I think that's one of the things that the Texas Women's Foundation has done really well. You have really smart people that work there. They research to try to understand what the issues are that are affecting our community and affecting women in our community, because we do know, Raj, you've talked about the ripple effect. We know that that woman is the nucleus. And if we can help remove barriers for that woman, then their family thrives and the community thrives and North Texas is better. And so being able to understand those issues is great. And then just as I mentioned, how you bring networks of people together to solve those problems. I love the the circles that you have, the giving circles, and how people from various communities can come together because we know that culturally there are different issues that impact different communities. And being able for those women to be able to come together with other women that have the same core purpose and to be able to have a bigger impact because their dollars are pulled together and they're making a decision that will impact their community, I think is fantastic. And what if we hadn't had that and every one of those women were still doing, as they would say, those rifle shots out there, would we have the impact that we've had in some of these organizations? So I just applaud the work of the Texas Women's Foundation uh, and being able to provide those opportunities for people to make a greater impact on their community. Oh, thank you, Tricia. Well, this has been stunningly inspiring. I'm so glad to get to spend time with my friend, and one I admire so much. Um, so I know, I'm sure you all enjoyed this episode. I'm not even going to ask you if you did. And um, I just want you to, to reflect on some of the beautiful things that you've heard today from this woman, uh, Mara Award recipient, the Women Helping Women Award. No one could deserve it more than you, Tricia. And I want to thank you, Michelle and Kimberly Clark, for um, being a fabulous co-moderator and a wonderful partner, and are so appreciative of the impact that you are making on women and girls across the globe. It is immeasurable, and it is empowering. So now I want to make sure that all of you tune in to hear more from the other women who are our recipients of our uh, Women Helping Women Award and our Young Leader Award as these podcasts continue on Gender Matters. And if you want to learn more about Texas Women's Foundation and the work that we're doing to build equitable communities across the state, come see us at txwf.org. And so until next time, all good things and be bold.